What's wrong with me? You're just a little pregnant. I saw a guy at work today. He had a hat on that said daddy and he literally had a daughter. So I think he just bought it at like a hot topic and he thought it was to mean that he had kids, but it didn't. Okay. I don't think so. I think everybody is familiar with what that word means. Uh, not if you're only on child internet, which is just unboxing of like Shopkins. <laughs> Who knows? Um, okay. So you ready? Yep. Uh, we've been podcasting for about 25 seconds already. So like I've been ready. Okay. So you ready to say, welcome back to Scream 101. This is your delightfully fun host, Sergio. And me, Brennan, the boring nerd. Yeah, he's home to lots of facts and knowledge that we unfortunately need in this podcast. <laughs> that is true. Um, anyway, we're here to continue our Elm Street marathon by doing uh, part five. But first, let's do 10 word reviews of movies we watched in the past week. All right. So I'm going to start us off. Our first movie is Escape Room. This average winter flick delivers as many thrills as it does endings. <laughs> That's good. Um, thank my, you. Thank you. You're welcome. My review is Decent January Horror Confection, but no sequels, please. <laughs> oh, there's definitely going to be sequels. Multiple if the endings are to be believed. Um, okay. One per ending. So, Bad Times at the Royale. At the El Royale, Sorry. which technically means the The Royale. Um. Bad times at El Royale. Chris Hemsworth's bare torso barely covers the film's obscene runtime. Now, I must point out that bare is spelled B-A-R-E. Because I don't want people being mad at me saying that it's B-E-A-R, which we all know that Chris Hemsworth does not have a bare torso spelled that way. No, he definitely has a a twunk torso. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, he's not like Chris Evans once he's had a couple months off of playing uh, Captain America and he's not shaving anymore. Uh He has a bare torso. I don't think so. Okay, now he's an otter torso. No, I don't know. Who is there, cares? Is there? It, what no, is we're a, done. What with is this. a twunk plus an otter? Is it an utter? He has an utter. And then he gives you milk. <laughs> he has multiple udders. Anyway, okay. um, continue, Brennan. That's probably disgusting. Um, my review is Cynthia Erivo absolves this film of its sins. Yeah, she does. Uh-huh. Go Cynthia Erivo. I had to think for a second as to who she was. The only person to care about in the movie, oh. other than Dakota Johnson. She was okay. Um, okay, so Perfectos Desconocidos. Which means perfect strangers. A drama-filled, secret-revealing dinner party? Groundbreaking. <laughs> Even though it's like the fourth remake of that story. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, my review of it is, I'm not sorry I dragged Sergio, but otherwise, underwhelming. Oh, I like that review because I was in it. You <laughs> you do like things with you in them. <laughs> Who doesn't? We all, everybody... Every movie that we watch, every book that we read, every movie that we read. Um, uh-huh. We did all... read this movie because there were subtitles. Yes. Um, it's all in search for ourselves. So when we see ourselves in things and when we hear ourselves in things, it truly is just life affirming. You're so right. And that's, that's so profound. Thank you. You're welcome. So, as always, we review our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. But first, here is the plot of A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Uh, This film focuses on Alice, Lisa Wilcox, a survivor of the fourth movie (laughs) who believes (laughs) Freddy Krueger has been eliminated for good. And the third movie. No. She didn't survive. She wasn't in the third movie? No, she wasn't. 
Okay, continue. Anyway, um, she optimistically hopes to start a life with fellow survivor Dan. The nightmares begin soon enough, though, and Alice learns she is pregnant. When her friends start dying, Alice suspects that Freddy is using the fetus within her as a weapon. Can she fight the demon while protecting her unborn child? Spoiler alert. Yeah, she did it. Good for her. But she had blonde hair this time, so, like, stop wasting my time with I think that's why I was confused and thought she was Patricia Arquette's character. Oh, fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, she did not have her blazing. Because the power p- exists from originally Patricia Arquette's character, right? Yes. She transferred so, it over to Alice. Yes. Cause, well, because Alice has the ability to like suck up dream powers like a sponge. And Kristen had the ability to suck people into her dreams. Mm-hmm. I can see where you get confused. There's lots of sucking happening. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And let me tell you what. They forgot that she had these dream powers. They forgot that she could abs- absorb anyone's dream powers. This is some bullshit. This movie was bizarre. I mean, it was fun. I liked it. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> let's just dive right into the ratings, Brennan. Sure. What is your scariness ranking? Two. Two out of five. Okay. Was there? I mean, what? What even gave the two? Um, pity. <laughs> Fair enough. I actually gave it one out of five. I literally, I always write little notes to remind myself of like what scenes, like you know, inspired my score or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have no notes for this. This movie is nothing mm-hmm. in terms of horror. Yeah, it was so campy, and I mean the effects are fantastic. One thing that has evolved with the movies is that as the movies have gotten progressively campier, uh-huh. they've also gotten this like more effects heavy as well that's true um and this movie excels in both of those regards but we'll it see fails we to impress to it fails to impress on horror i was not that scared at all freddy was just a joke he was having fun i'm sure robert england had fun making this movie which to me delights me i um, like to know that I, I have bad news he didn't like it no he did not want to make this movie really? he, he was want- he was contractually obligated to do it Uh-oh. and he was like this movie is stupid <laughs> that's unfortunate weirdly I think he enjoyed part six, which is a very stupid movie, so I'm not sure. He, you Maybe know. you misread that. Maybe I did. Brennan, can you consult our fax person to see what, what the truth is? Yeah, I'll text Robert England right now and be like, hey, is this true? Okay. Anyway, um, what's, your, what's your campiness score? My campiness score is going to be a four, maybe even a five. Oh, mine's also a four. Why, Brennan? <laughs> um, Why oh, are you competing man. with my score? No, look. <laughs> First of all, the most important character in the movie, Freddy, um, the pants plant. <laughs> so, <laughs> in Alice's room, somehow there is a pair of jeans standing a on its own, um, and there's like some sort of fern inside of these pants. So the pants, in some way, are a pot full of soil. It's very confusing, and I don't know why it's there or who gave it to her or, you know, what. Maybe her grandma made it and gave it to her for Christmas, and she felt bad throwing it away. So she's uh-huh. like, I guess I'll display this. Um, but anyway, the pants plant. Um, I kind of wish that this series was now just the sisterhood of the traveling pants plant, where, like, in the next movie, it'll just be in the background of someone else's house, and we get to follow their story. You know, if you ever get to make a movie, Brennan, uh-huh. you ever get to adapt um, something into a screenplay? It's your responsibility to include that pants plant. You're right. And I don't think it could possibly be copyrighted, so it should be fine. Yeah. Who who would do that? <laughs> oh, someone who knows what they have. Um, okay, Renan. So what was the real genesis to your score? Um, well, I mean, this movie stu- is dumb as hell. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? I don't want, I'm going to defend this movie. 
Okay. Just to be counterculture. Sure. This is I'm I'm being punk right now. All right, hit me with it. Uh, so I think that the movie tried something really unique in that they You mean like being bad? Not bad, but they had a unique plot line to it. Which is the baby's dreams are what's killing all of her friends. That is true. That's that's something that like actually you know, adds a wrinkle to the like concept and mm-hmm. it's five films in, you kind of need that and it uh-huh. feels organic. So I agree with you there. And it was completely new. Um, I don't know if I've seen this movie before. I argue with myself if I have or if I haven't, which tells you just how bad the movie is. Um, but that plot detail like that focus or whatever was really interesting to see how they pulled it off. And yes, it didn't necessarily work, but I applaud originality and horror. Fair enough. And ooh, we do not need that scene where we see the baby, like in that those weird CGI portions of inside, where you just get to see, like, how's the baby feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, that was a, a mess. We didn't need anyway. to see that. We didn't need to see the five-year-old manifestation of the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see a lot of what we saw, but we saw it. We, we sure did. Um, I do like, because, you know, there's the, uh, like, requisite... Freddy, like one, two, Freddy's coming for you. That I'm so tired of the song. Rhyme. But the thing I love is that there's always an increasing number of children doing mm-hmm. the rhyme. Because in the first one, it's like, I think three. Because like mm-hmm. two holding the rope and one doing the thing. Now there's like seven children. There, there's so many excess children and they're kind of just like frolicking in the background. They're like, we have to do something. <laughs> and by the, by the end of this franchise, it's going to be like a whole like, you know choir it'll be like earth wind and fire just like a yeah a whole bunch of band no, members. it's gonna be the polyphonic spree <laughs> um so what else was campy how about the scene where there's all those sassy zooms where the um oh the... that was one sassy zoom that you just fell head over heels for well also no okay the sassy zoom was great but the camera was just moving a lot in that scene for no reason it was <laughs> also the scene that introduced to me the pants plant so it's a very special scene okay but do you remember what the girl is saying, Yvonne? Like, like what? Is Wasn't it like, oh, really? Or no, you too? Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, because um, Mark, the like nerdy comic book guy, comes in. And he's like, I do believe in the power of Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And Yvonne's like, not you too. And she like cocks her head. But also yeah. the camera simultaneously with the head cock zooms she, super far into her. She cocks her head. And the way the, ang- like the camera's angled, it looks like she's kind of leaning into the camera. Yeah. But then the camera also zooms in as well. So it's a really weird, just terrible shot. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of motion. And you just feel like you're being pulled into the story of the film, you know? Yeah, I definitely felt that. Anyway, um, what else is there? Ooh. Is this the part where we talk about his puns? Yeah. How, how did you feel about the puns? The puns time? were crazy. There was so many. I can't even remember them all. I know you do. You love puns. I, I do love puns, but I don't love puns that are completely unfounded, like every kill in this movie. First, the the worst kill of the... There's only three of them in this movie, which... Whatever. Um, the worst kill is Danny or Dan's kill, where he... His, Freddy turns into his car... And then he wakes up, or he thinks he does, and then Freddy turns into a motorcycle, mm-hmm. and Freddy just keeps shouting random car-related terms. There's a part where he's like, fuel injection, mm-hmm. fast lane, and like, this is nothing. Yeah. Like, are you the commentator on, like, a NASCAR Atari game or something? Mm-hmm. It, it's garbage, and all of his puns are like that. They think quantity versus quality. <laughs> um, that kill was very gross, but I thought very cool. It was gross. 
um, with the like metal wires going into his skin. Yeah, he he literally became one with the machine. He did. And then there was that weird like metallic Freddy face, and you're like, what? Yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> Why was he talking to the motorcycle? Why was he embedded in the motorcycle to begin with? I just my favorite thing about watching this movie again because I was kind of dreading it because it's one of my least favorite. Elm Street's spoiler mm-hmm. for the list that's coming up. I mean, eventually. you have to have like a least favorite if you have a favorite. That's true. Um, but one of the best things about it was watching it with you and just hearing your reactions. Cause there's a part that I actually wrote down. <laughs> there's a part where um, they're in the comic book world and he becomes super Freddy and he just starts skateboarding for some reason. Mm-hmm. And you were just like, what is this? I said that multiple times during yeah. the watching of this film. Uh, yeah. Are we on kills now and effects, or are we still on um, camp? I think we're good. So I feel like we're segueing into effects. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so effects, I give it a four. I'm actually giving it a three. But why? I, I think that, like like you said, while the effect sequences were creative, I don't think they were particularly well rendered this time around. I don't think they looked very good. Um, I thought they looked fine. Maybe the girl's fat face didn't work out. Um, there's just, I mean, I think about that random scene where like all of the food in the fridge starts turning into like molding in like time lapse and it just turns into like a Gumby claymation cartoon uh-huh. or, um, I remember Gumby yeah, and his donkey thing. <laughs> Pokey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd, he'd appreciate you referring to him like that. Whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, but there's also like the magical hell tunnel that the souls get sucked down. It looks very paper mache, and the way that the like it's supposed to look like a throat, I think, like kind of pulsing a little bit. Uh-huh. It's just, it just, it looks really cheap. It looks like a bad haunted house, like from you know what your church. Say what you will that it looks cheap, but I feel like if somebody made this movie today, the effects would look even worse. So I give them credit for creating whatever kind of world I, that I got lost in while watching this movie. Because uh-huh. I was completely lost in the, the, the environment of this movie because of these effects. See, this Today is... would just be bad CGI, Brennan. You're right. And Instead the world is bad practical. So, yeah, bad practical is at least more earnest, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say I think maybe what you're responding to is something that I also agree is very good. Which is the production design. The production design of this movie is superb. Um, But it's not it's not a gore effect or a special effect. Uh But like the um, the creation of the black and white room that Mm -hmm. the kid in color is in. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful room. Mm -hmm. And also the crazy MC Escher church labyrinth that they're in. That room was crazy. That room was bananas. I don't know why we had it. Why was it there? It's a dream, you know. Anything who, who dreams that? Who has that specific dream? Uh, I guess Jim Henson when he was making Labyrinth. Okay. Because um, that, I mean, that movie had a similar, you know, Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a it's a beautiful piece of work. And the way that the effects bring it all together, it's very trippy and very cool. Like, you do not need drugs when this movie exists in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very psychedelic experience. And that's mostly due to the weird decisions that don't make sense, like him skateboarding, mm-hmm. and then the awesome production design, which does give it a very lush world and feel. My quality score, I give it a two. I give it a two, two. We finally agree on something. Twins. Woo. High five. Bah. <laughs> that's the exact sound that hands make. Yes, it is. How do you... 
Okay, we're not going to have this discussion right now. Okay. Um, we're not going to have a... We'll have to call in a Foley artist to mediate. Tune in to Scream 101 After Dark, where we try to make all the sounds uh-huh. that I-5's going to make. Uh-huh. Um, okay, anyway, so we're talking about my quality score. Yes. And I gave it a 2, and you gave it a 2 as well. Yes. Um, much like my horror score, it's mostly out of pity. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so you mean you would have given it a 1? Um, I think it maybe deserves a one. I don't know if I'd ever rewatch this movie. Uh-huh. Um, I think it did a good job creating characters. I liked all the characters, and I was maybe except for the hot guy because he seemed like an ass. Dan. Yeah. What? How did he seem like an ass? Oh, he just seemed like he didn't really care about his his woman. Whose <laughs> <laughs> um, name I forgot? Alice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, look, he took his shirt off, and that's good for him. Although the camera never pans past like the tippy top of his chest and it's like why is he shirtless if we're not like you know going privy more into it privy to the private parts yeah i'm just saying like either put a shirt on him or show us everything you know yeah i feel that um because that's a beautiful man right there Mm -hmm. don't don't be don't be selfish Mm -hmm. well back to my original point all Uh the characters are good you care if they die or not i really found myself liking um uh, I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name? The nerdy like punk Mark. guy, Mark. Uh huh. Yeah, I I love me some Mark. Uh, he had some cool dyed hair. He had a really weird kind of like angular face, and I was like, okay, right. good for you, Mark. He's like Tommy Vitor if he was in the eighties mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. the comics. Um, and also the main girl that he was lusting after, uh, Greta the model. Yeah. I found her story about how she wants to eat and just be normal and her mother's forcing her down this like uh-huh. uh, career path, career of anorexia and uh-huh. bulimia and all that stuff. Uh, um, I, I did love the super campy like mommy dearest mom character we got out mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. But I kind of disagree. I, I, I didn't really like I think Greta was a good performer mm-hmm. and she gave that role a lot more than it had on paper. Mm hmm. But I feel like I didn't really get to know these characters beyond the like one thing that they had. Uh-huh. I felt and I'm like, why movie... is Alice friends with these people? Okay. Okay, that's fair. That's really fair. Um, I feel that the movie did a good job of establishing what their one thing was, though. That's true. With the short amount of time we got with them. Fair enough. Because most of the movie was Greta and this ugly baby. I feel like we got more... You mean Alice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alice and this... <laughs> and her ugly baby. Um, I feel like we got more on screen time collectively of all the different iterations of the baby uh-huh. than we did of her. That is true. Um, of like any of the other characters, I mean. And I would say, that, speaking of her being pregnant and the baby, that could have been a much more interesting plot line than it was. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Freddie was using the baby's dreams to like leak into the real world was an awesome concept because, you know, what else? Are, ba- baby doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. It's sleeping all the time. Um, but yeah, I I think there could have been something interesting there in the fact that pregnant women aren't supposed to drink coffee, which is basically the way to stave off Freddy Krueger. Um, so it like kind of removes one of her weapons that a lot of people in these movies use. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, that could have been interesting. Oh, you know, missed opportunity. Uh-huh. This movie is full of missed opportunities. Uh-huh. But I thought the way that it um, just like... I want to say the screenwriting, um, uh, the storytelling of the movie, uh, where, uh, like one scene, like blended into a dream and original, uh-huh. like, um, truth be told, like as a viewer, I was lost as to like, what the fuck is actually happening? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. So, you know, um, 
uh, it's easy for me to get lost in those kinds of things. I was like, oh, wait, so is somebody falling asleep? What's the actual deal here? Uh-huh. But then you finally realize that it's the baby that's asleep and that it's dragging these people into its dreams via its mother's power or whatever. Um, so okay. I found that just like that complete um, execution of that idea okay. to be interesting and well done. You know what? I wasn't expecting to say really anything nice about the dream child, but I think you might be right. Like, it in no way is comparable to the way that Wes Craven blends dream and reality. Uh-huh. But I think it's maybe the nightmare film after the first one that is most consistent with that feeling of being mm-hmm. awash mm-hmm. in this surreal world and you're not really sure like what's real and what isn't. Yeah, eventually it is explained for you. And I think the problem for the movie is that it's explained kind of too late. So you uh-huh. feel like maybe you've already checked out. Maybe you've already given into the silliness of the movie because the movie is also very silly. It's incredibly silly. So it's completely possible that you just are like, whatever, who cares? I'm watching this movie because I'm high and I want to laugh, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but I do think the movie does a good job of, as you put it, staying true to its original idea. Okay, that that is fair. Um, I will say we should not thank the script for this, probably. I, like, I don't script... know who you think. No, no, I'm just... <laughs> Well, that was just more of a transition because I uh-huh. have a complaint about the script, which ties in with what I was saying. Like, we don't get to really know these characters at all. Mm-hmm. Like, literally after Greta the model dies, Mark goes, I loved Greta a lot. Which, uh. first of all, terrible line. Uh-huh. Second of all, couldn't have introduced that little nugget before she died. <laughs> I felt like you could see that he had a thing for her. There's a certain chemistry. Yeah, kind of. But, like, just him, like, straight up introducing this, like character dynamic after she's completely left the movie Mm -hmm. and just like stating it really obliquely and not actually like living it. It's very telly and not showy and it's, it's just, it's messy, Mm -hmm. but what's not telly sin and not showy sin. I don't even know what joke you're making. Never mind. Continue, Brennan. Okay. Um, I love Yvonne's red hat. That's what I'm going to say nice about the movie also. She has this red hat on. And for some reason, because they were talking about really dark stuff, they're like, oh, our friends are dying. Dan is dead. Greta's dead. And I'm just like, then why are you wearing that hat? It is a too cheerful of a hat. <laughs> so the hat. The hat. I have no qualms about her and her hat. Um, it's too frivolous for this serious situation. Um, I thought she was, it was interesting seeing a friend that was so like, uh, I mean, the the films are known for this, like the person that can clearly see that something bad is happening, but they refuse Uh to admit that Freddy Krueger's behind it. Um, I thought she was maybe too serious and too like, what of a blanket given the fact that her friends were dying one by one and she couldn't really piece it together. Like, Oh shit, I'm going to be next. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, so. there's, there's not that many deaths, so it's hard to pick up a pattern if there's, if the pattern ends at three, you know, mm-hmm. fair enough. Go, okay, go ahead, Brennan. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, I'm just imagining like a parody version of this movie, which, well, first this movie is basically a parody version of yeah. itself, it's, but it's like, fun. They're, like, sitting there in the room being sad, talking about their friend's deaths, and she just has, like, a pair of Groucho Marx glasses on or something. Uh-huh. Um, anyway. Um, what, is there anything else I need to talk about? Oh, yeah. Just the character of Alice is completely neutered in this movie, and I don't like it. Um, it's not consistent with her dream powers and her just general badassness. Yep. Um, it... Because I had a whole, like, five-minute monologue in our previous episode about how much I love Alice. And they completely squander everything that I loved so much about the first iteration of her. Mm-hmm. I like that she survives again. Or, hear me out here. Okay. Not to interrupt your point. I hear your point. It's valid. 
uh-huh. um, or because we got to spend more time with Alice's movie than we did the last movie. We realized just how boring she is. Oh, that is rough. And, and how boring I thought she was. No, it's the blonde hair. When she loses <laughs> it's the, the blonde hair, the, the blondes she's like, don't have more fun. Yeah, she's no, she's like a Samson. All the power was in the red of her hair, and once she dyed it, she just lost it all. Okay. Anyway, um, anything else you want to say about this movie? No, I think I think we're just we're left with that really hot take that blondes don't have more fun. That's so and true. Truly, so the profound. spice of life is a ginger. So mm-hmm. right though, I'm sure everybody's gonna have a hot take on that. So I'm just I'm waiting for it. Okay, please, please. I will not email move us. from this seat. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, you know what? This is a good transition. You can find us on Twitter if you want to talk to us about gingers at Scream One Hundred One Pod. If you want to talk to us about, about gingers that. on Facebook, you can find us at Scream One Hundred One Podcast. Ooh, that show. I forgot about that show. Um, if you want to email us about gingers, you can do that at Scream One Hundred One Podcast at gmail dot com. We're just plugging Nickelodeon shows on this episode, aren't we? <laughs> if you want to. Um, change the lyrics to a song to be about gingers you can use the song a beat for you by pseudo echo which is also our theme song and you can do that because that's satire and that's completely allowed by our rules and laws and find us on apple podcast subscribe and review give us five stars and in your review tell us who your favorite ginger is okay bye no wait, wait, wait um next week um should i reveal the super secret bonus thing we're doing next week that you agreed to against your will I not against your will maybe, perfectly within your will maybe it should just appear in the feed but shouldn't we let them prepare if they really want to watch this beautiful thing? Sure. We're, Our audience knows that good preparation is necessary for fun times. That's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, next week, at the request of Joe Lipset, friend of the show, we are going to be watching the premiere episode of the Damien TV show to kind of cap off our Omen marathon. I wonder if everybody's still listening or if they like stop listening once they heard you say... Follow us here at this thing. Oh, probably. But um, this is a little treat for people who stick around for that. The true fans. The only fans of this oh, show. Oh, boy. That, okay. <laughs> Maybe not. We, um, <laughs> so let's do, some, let's do our guesses as to what's hap- going to happen in the next entry. So, Sergio, when next we meet our hero, Freddy Krueger, <laughs> um, <clears throat> he's, he's going to be in the movie Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare from 1991. So what do you think is going to happen in that? Um, and let me tell you what. You're probably going to be wrong because this movie's insane. Um, I predict the one thing that I know to be true. Uh-huh. It will not be the final nightmare. That is true. <laughs> this will be this will be our second final film after Children of the Corn two, the final sacrifice. I, we need to start like a little diagram at the point that the final section is entered into the franchise uh-huh. versus when it actually does end. Yeah, at least the the proportion here is better because there were only a couple more films afterward. Mm-hmm. All right, what were you going to say, Brian? Uh, no, I was just asking for your general guesses. Okay, cool. That's Freddy's dead, the make. final nightmare. Okay, good. You're just not going to guess? I, I thought I already gave you the guess. Oh, I guess so. Just anything about the plot. I want you to guess anything. <sighs> um, our poor fans. Um, so we won't have any. Yeah, if you keep not guessing. <laughs> fans love guesses. That's one thing it's I know. hard for me to think right now. Okay. <laughs> um, let's just end the episode then. Okay. Um, thank you very much for joining us on this weird journey we're on and until then till, I don't know what what's happening to me um, good luck on your journey and stay gold everybody see you next week bye bye this episode was brought to you by pod people productions to find more episodes of this show and others please visit podpeople.me it's podcasts for the weird at heart <laughs>